And it is time now for the Rural News with Kim Moody. Kia ora Kim, and MPI is still confident in its Mbovis eff- eradication efforts, sorry, despite another property testing positive. Kia ora Mane, that's right. The disease was first found on a mid-Canterbury farm last week. The, the disease was, rather, found on a mid-Canterbury farm last week. That brings the total number of active infected properties to three. In May, the government announced that after working to rid New Zealand of the disease, there was only one infected property remaining. But that win was short-lived. A month later, bulk milk tent tank testing in Canterbury found a second infected farm, and now a third property has been confirmed. Director of the Microplasma Bovis Eradication Program, Simon Andrew, says genomic testing has started to establish how the new farm became infected. He says all evidence suggests that we're reaching the tail end of the disease outbreak. Just given where we're at in terms of our eradication uh, journey with Mycoplasma bovis, is we have ramped up that surveillance. So um, previously we were undertaking uh, surveillance on every dairy across the country on a monthly basis. Uh, We've increased that to fortnightly um, as we want to give ourselves the best possible um, uh, opportunity um, to uh, complete delimiting of the disease and finding the last remaining pockets of infection uh, so that we can then move into a long-term surveillance program to ultimately uh, achieve the eradication objective of the program. Mid-Canterbury Federated Farmers President David Ackland says the news is devastating for the farmer involved. Well, unfortunately for that farm, it is depopulation, and that's what the industry decided on when it decided on an eradication process. And so they they will have to work through a program. They'll they'll carry on farming for the time being, and and a depopulation program will be put in place, and then a a cleaning and decontamination of of that property. Mr Ackland says one positive is that the disease is still isolated to Canterbury. He says farmers have not become complacent when it comes to tracking animal movements. No, it's very much top of mind. And I think whenever we're doing movements, we have to, by law, do these movements. And there's still been very good PR and pushes by both Osprey and the Dairy NZ and Beef and Lamb to make sure farmers are compliant. And especially with foot and mouth, you know, offshore as being actually quite a good reminder to everyone to make sure that they are doing these movements, both for beef and and dairy cattle, but also they're now pushing for online movements of mob-based, when we're moving our sheep around, we we can do that online as well at a mob level. So that's important that farmers are doing that as well. Since Embovis was first detected in the South Canterbury farm in 2017, it's been cleared from 272 properties. More than 178,000 cattle have been culled and nearly $230 million in compensation has been paid out to farmers. The police are investigating after 800 lambs were reported stolen from a North Canterbury farm. Farmer Maury Leyland posted on Twitter about the theft last week. She says yards, dogs and trucks must have come onto, the pro- onto her farm to take the stock, so someone must have seen something. The police say they received a report yesterday about the theft and are making inquiries. A New Zealand plant-based mince is racking up awards for its innovation and taste. Olive and Ashes Vince product, which is 500 grams of vegetable mince, recently took out the top spot in the small supplier category at the 2022 Food Starter Competition. Co-founder Debbie Stowe told Nine to Noon the product is an easy swap for meat. One of the messages that I um, that I got was that you know the eating a lot of farmers you know eating beef nearly every day 
and they are trying to cut back because they know that eating a lot of beef is not great for them. It contains a lot of saturated fats, but you know that's that's what they know. And one of the great uses of mince is actually cooking it with beef mince. Say, take a reduced portion of beef mince and then add mince to it. So you're cutting back on your beef and then you're adding your veggies, you know, your fiber, extra vitamins and flavor as well. Debbie Stowe says the company is aiming for price parity with, with meat products. She says they've just started exports of vince to Japan but are focusing on increasing sales in the domestic market. Exporting more venison to supermarkets instead of restaurants in the United States is starting to pay off for exporters. Restaurant shutdowns across the US over the past two years due to the pandemic stalled sales of New Zealand venison. Deer Industry NZ Venison Marketing Manager Nick Taylor says that spurred exporters like Silverfern Farms, First Light and Alliance to instead target supermarkets. He says over the past two years they've exported 450 tonnes of venison into the US retail sector. The company started with no no relationships, no distribution channels, um, so it's not easy. You can't just walk into a supermarket and say, oh, you stick out our product on the shelf. So, yeah, it's gone really well over the, the last um, two years. So we've essentially gone from zero, a base of zero, to now over 450 tonnes in the second year. Nick Taylor says sales of ground venison or mince have gone well. One of the, the pitfalls is that consumers often think of venison as very difficult to cook. And so starting with a product like mince, consumers are very familiar with it. And certainly in the US, um, the ground market is really big. And so it's easy for consumers. They can just take a recipe that they'd normally use, uh, you know, beef mince and, and replace it with venison to try it as a new protein. He says there aren't many other major players in the venison market in the US, but exporters have to compete with established exotic meats like bison. And just lastly, Marlborough's 99-year-old A&P sheep pens, a wet-weather venue for the farmer's market, are set for some major repairs. The Marlborough District Council has agreed to fund more than $60,000 worth of repairs to the heritage-listed pens. The sheep pavilion was officially opened in 1923, and the structure has remained largely unchanged since. The president of ANP's Marlborough Association, William Harris, told local democracy reporting that $127,000 worth of repairs are needed, but the association has lost some funding due to the cancellation of the past two shows. He says the association will fundraise to cover the remaining repair costs. That's the Rural News. Koirase Purongo o te tai whenua.